to live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and this is an Articles of News episode, which means I'm joined by a uh, a co-host. Say hello, my friend. I can't talk, so I don't know if I should. <laughs> it's uh, uh, <clears throat> it's brother Kyle himself. He said, "You know what? I'm feeling good. I'd love to come back and do uh, another episode." And I said, "You know, you are always welcome." Do we just want to do a check-in with you? And he said, no, let's do the whole episode. So glad to have you back, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Uh, We shouldn't have said who it is. And you should have said we have an elderly gentleman who's been drinking, and uh, he's going to do AON with us today. And people would have believed it. Yeah, I don't know who this is but or what kind of impression Brother Kyle is doing. Uh, for people who this may be their first episode of the Cultural Hall, uh, uh, what? How do, we, how do we say this, uh, brother? Uh, Ky- <laughs> you, you you do it because I don't know how to do it. Go ahead, Sam Dying. Yeah, tell everyone. Uh, I have a disease called uh, Bulbar on the ALS, a Lugard's disease, and uh, it's a neuro. Uh, neurological disease affects uh, nerves, muscles, and uh, that's why I can't talk. If you could see me now, uh, or if you are watching, I look pretty good. Yeah. Don't I? Well, it, it's sort of a funny thing. This will be a little bit dark, so I'm going to go here, though. Like, you you think yeah. you think when someone is dying, which, uh, I mean, you are. And I don't want to dwell in that moment, but I think with me, I sort of think, you know, think about that person in your life that has uh, been diagnosed with cancer and they start to, you know, they lose a lot of weight and their color kind of starts to go and, you know, all of those things that are sort of, sort of associated with that. But um, that's not the case with ALS. That's not what happens. You still look just as handsome as you ever did. It's, it's everything on the inside that's getting a little wonky. Yeah, and uh, my particular type, uh, so it affects uh, upper region first, like mouth, nose, throat, and uh, it's it's got in my hands. They're slow, um, walking, running is harder, uh, but to see me walking down the street, you couldn't tell mm-hmm. I have anything. I can feel it, but uh, hard to see. For someone that doesn't know me. But it hasn't slowed you down. And I know that as this uh, gets published, uh, that tonight or Thursday night, you're going to be a part of this uh, Iron Man um, documentary. Tell people a little bit about what this is. Oh, yeah. Uh, So it will be on OutsideTV.com or their app. Uh, It's free to watch. And uh, it is a special on the Ironman uh, World Championships uh, from September. And uh, it features uh, several of the uh, athletes. Uh, well, I, don't, I think like three of them. And uh, I'm one of those. So if you want to view that, uh, free to do it. And one of the things that has impressed me about that, I mean, when they feature the athletes, you know, in this particular feature, it's not like this guy's going to do this in under an hour and that. It's people that have had particular struggles, whether it's ALS like for you. But one of the other uh, people that I guess you got to meet as filming this or meet as part of the Iron Man, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that uh, I'm a warrior or whatever. Check out this lady. And I've, and I've had a tremendous amount of respect that you would say that about that other individual. You know, it's funny. Her name is Lauren. Uh, she was a professional triathlete and uh, crashed in a training bike accident and lost the, the use of her legs. Hmm. And, <clears throat> and she uh, continues to race triathlons as a... Uh, Fair athlete. She was the uh, silver medalist at the Olympics and uh, an amazing story. And I met her at the uh, triathlon and uh, 
I was kind of, I knew who she was. So I was a little bit, for me, it's hard, so like I didn't want to bother and uh, But I did. And uh, she said, you know, I wanted to beat you, but I didn't want to bother you. Hmm. So we were both like, uh, wanted to talk to the other, but, <clears throat> but you know, afraid to do it. But uh, we t- chatted for a while, and it was interesting. Uh, both of us thought the same thing about the other. We're like, how do you do it? I don't know what I would do in your situation. Uh, and both of us thought about ourselves. Yeah, I'm fine. You're the one that is amazing. Hmm. And so it's interesting what the human brain does when you are in a certain situation, how it reacts and changes, you know. I found interesting that <clears throat> she thought she had it better than me, and I thought I had it better than her. Really, I guess, you know, I was going to say I'd, I have a worse, but <laughs> I, re- I don't know if I do. Since we last chatted and kind of got an update on your condition, there was uh, everything that happened with KSL, the Lord's TV and radio station in Salt Lake that they featured with you, that Lindsay, throw your hands up in the air, it's sort of been following your story. I think you've been to Hawaii since we chatted again, and then you have also committed to trying to, um, I don't know if compete, but participate in the Ironman yet again this year in 2022. Tell me, why can't you just leave well enough alone, Kyle? Uh, because uh, I haven't ever been able to. And part of it is uh, being thrifty. You see, I signed up for the triathlon in 2019, uh-huh. and I paid for it a lot. <laughs> and so I'm like, ah, I'm not going to waste my... You can't get a refund. Yeah. Um, no matter what, trust me. Yeah. And <laughs> listen, I've got ALS and they won't give me a refund. I'm Come dying. on here. Yeah. Come on. Um, and so I thought, well, I'm not going to let that money go to waste. I'm going to try it. And so tell me, when is that and what are you doing? And is it starting to get to the point where it's harder for you to train these things? Or is your body still like, yeah, we're on board? Yeah, it's May 7th and it is definitely taking hold of uh, arms and legs. Uh, my running time, I ran uh, two days ago, uh, 13 miles, and uh, it was hard. And <laughs> my time is, uh, for anyone who's a runner, uh, was about a minute and a half slower than uh, about five or four months ago. So quite a bit slower. Mm. And uh, uh, biking, uh, I did uh, uh, last weekend a uh, three-and-a-half-hour three ride, and, uh, boy, I was done. I could not go another mile. I was cooked. So this is unusual for me. I mean, you know, I'm used to any time. If I needed to ride, you know, 100 miles, you know, do a five-hour day. I could. Uh, it'd be hard, and I'd be slow, but I could do it any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the case anymore. Do you feel like there will ever be a point where you'll kind of be like, nah, I'm done, or are you just going to keep going and, and keep going till you literally can't go anymore? Um, I'm going to keep going. Uh, I mean, there is more and more limits on what I can do. You know, maybe at some point I can you know, run three miles or walk three miles, but I'll just keep going till I can. If people listen to this and they're sort of moved by your story, I know we've talked about like a GoFundMe. People can go to OutsideTV.com or Outside.com to be able to watch that. But is there a place that if people, you know, they hear your story and they're like, oh, geez, I love Brother Kyle. I want to be able to either support you and the costs that are going to be coming as far as as the ALS progresses or towards the foundation. Where do you point people that are like, listen, I I, I want to feel like I can do something? Uh, yeah, we have a foundation, a website. Uh, it's iron-kyle.com and uh, or is it .org? I don't know. Figured out. <laughs> Iron dash 
Kyle, uh, Dot, whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> right now we spend about, what do you figure the other day? About 800, 900 a month right now in uh, medical stuff. And there will be a point from what I know uh, about ALS that at some point, likely because of the the physical limits that there becomes like a specific bed and a specific chair and, and specific car and all that for you to be able to get around. So it only goes uphill as far as costs go. So I'll make sure. Oh, th- oh really? Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> You're the one who led this thing with tell everyone I'm dying. So I felt I like. Know. All to say, though, that if people, you know, they, they listen, they hear your story, they love you like they do, you know, it, it's worth going to the uh, website that I'll put into the show comments um, so that you can be able to click to that and, and make a donation if you feel inclined. Uh, I don't know that I have anything to say like, oh, hey, um, you know, here's what's going on with me after hearing kind of what's going on um, with you, uh, only to say I'm getting sued I found out yesterday I'm getting sued. I saw that. What's going on? Well, I posted about it, and then I thought, you know what? I should probably take that down. And Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I posted it, and then immediately <laughs> I thought, you know, where this is still ongoing, I don't know that I should even talk about this at this point. Uh, I I will commit to going into full detail as to what I'm being sued over, but when I tell you, and others, what it is that I'm being sued for, it will be one of those moments where people go, wait, what? What? Are you kidding me? Someone is suing you over that? Okay. Okay. That's the world we've gotten into. So, I knew it would be. I knew it would be stupid. Yeah. It's not anything that I did. I'm not. A, I did nothing illegal. I've done none of anything like that. And I'm sorry to leave it so vague, but just, just to say... <laughs> You've never you've never had one of those days until you opening your your email and it's like, hey, this is from the law firm of blankety blank and blankety blank. And here's the lawsuit and here's what we need you to do. And then you call the number and they're like, yeah, well, I mean, there's monetary compensation that will need to be incurred because we've made it this far. And it's like, I don't think so. I don't I don't know. I don't know. But I also don't have any money. So good luck bleeding this turnip. Yeah, have they seen the inside of your house? <laughs> I don't even have walls. Although, yeah. I, I now have drywall. That's kind of exciting. That's another thing. So soon enough, we'll be back in the homesteadio, back in the homesteadman too. Well, not soon enough. Couldn't be soon enough, but soon-ish, we'll be able to see it and do that there. Good. Yes, that's what I say. Uh, let's... I, I hope I can see it because uh, at this point, at the rate it's going, I'll be dead. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So hurry it up. Yeah, okay. And I'll, come on. I'll tell them. I'll call my contractor today and I'll say, listen, it's important for me to get in there, sure, but I've got a friend. He's dying, and one of his wishes is that he would like to see this place finished before he dies. Yeah, and being a contractor to say, oh, no problem. Well, I've done in a couple of weeks. <laughs> We don't know how long he has tomorrow. Let's finish it tomorrow. Let's take a break and come back and do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. If you remember back in episode 564, we had Portia Louder here in the cultural hall uh, talking about her time in prison and sort of that redemption story. Her book is available on Amazon, and she would love to let you know that you can purchase it. It's called Living Louder. You can find a link for it in the show notes. And for the entire month of January, that is January 2022, if you email her, 
Portia.louder at gmail.com. She will send you the Audible uh, copy for free. Yeah, you get to hear her read it in her own words, her story and her experience. And guess what? I edited it. So how about that? That's a partnership. Uh, it's Portia, P-O-R-T-I-A dot louder, L-O-U-D-E-R at gmail.com. I know that you love free stuff and I know that you love to support those who have come into the hall. Listen to the episode 564 if you haven't and email Portia to get your free audible version. Hey friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. And as you know, there's been this humongous video card shortage. In fact, there's been a huge electronic component shortage. But no need to worry. At PC Laptops, we just got in shiploads of NVIDIA and AMD video cards. We have them in stock right now. And they're available with all new PC Laptops desktop computer systems. All of our desktops are backed with a lifetime parts and labor warranty. That means if your video card blows up in 10 years you're covered hundred percent now you can get our cutting-edge PCs for as low as $29 a month and we also have 12 month special financing hurry into PC laptops right now and grab a desktop computer with an Nvidia or AMD video card because at PC laptops we really love you PCLaptops.com. that's PCLaptops.com. Here in the second half, it's actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. As we haven't done news for a while, uh, it's been a good long while. I uh, had some great interviews. Um, Travis Ritchie, a, a guy who was in jail for a couple years, came in and talked about kind of the redemption part of jail. That's a great interview. If you haven't listened to the last episode that we did where we uh, talked with the guy who... Uh, needed church assistance and didn't get what he felt was uh, due him or owed to him and decided that he would write a musical about how stingy the church is. You can hear the interview with him. Uh, that's the last episode. And coming up, there's that new documentary uh, about who killed Joseph Smith, the conspiracy theory that it was an inside job. I'll be interviewing the uh, director, might be a loose term for that, the uh, researcher around that particular film uh, is a future episode of the Cultural Hall. So look forward to that. Uh, did you want to start off the articles of news, Kyle? Sure. Uh, it's going to be uh, bad news about bad, bad Mormons. Uh, so a former BYU associate professor, uh, he was charged with sexually abusing a student. And by the way, I won't do that many news stories because it takes like half an hour for me to do one uh, <clears throat> because I'm slow. Uh, so <clears throat> where was I? Oh, he, he now faces a new criminal charges after police say engaged in what they call ecclesiastical abuse to accomplish his sex abuse. So uh, two other students who have now come forward are alleging this. Uh, <clears throat> Michael, Michael Clay uh, is now charged with seven counts of forcible abuse, uh, secondary felony, uh, felony involving three students between uh, 2017 and 2020. Uh, so all three victims were associated through uh, him as a professor, and he was uh, having them with research. Mm -hmm. uh, I did if, the quotes yeah, in the air. If you can't see, Kyle, air-quoted research. Uh, and so a bad, bad man, uh, allegedly, yeah. I guess. Yeah, professor at BYU... Uh, and I and I believe that the sort of the threat, if I if I can recall correctly, and so I guess I should also say allegedly that it was like, hey, uh, let you know I can help you out with this research, and then it was sort of the threat of reporting them to the honor code office if they ever said anything or, you know, sort of tattled into anything. So, right. So he surprisingly. Not a, a not a BYU professor anymore. They let him. They go ahead and let him go of those duties. But yeah, and more charges against him. And I don't. I don't think it, he's been sentenced yet. Hey, I don't nope. think because of COVID, his his time in court has been a little bit delayed. 
A couple of quick news stories. The Giving Machines, you know, there were 10 different locations that the Giving Machines went out. Uh, They gathered $4 million, which is pretty great. Whoa. $4 million worth of of, uh, items, right? Things like textbooks, blankets, livestock. That was always the big thing. You can buy a goat. Buy a goat from the vending machine or water, uh, physical plant upgrades, depending on uh, the various nonprofits that the church worked with in those 10 different areas. And they've said, hey, you know what? We're going to continue to do this because these giving machines year over year just are amazing things. Uh, The one in Salt Lake didn't make as much as it had previously because not as many people are downtown because Temple Square is all torn up. Uh, COVID was certainly still an issue over the holiday season. Uh, plus just not as much to see in downtown areas. So they think that it'll be better next year. They'll do more in different cities than they did this year. So look for the giving machines to not um, go away. Uh, On a completely different note, uh, do you know who Ryan Hamilton is, Brother Kyle? Yeah. Comedian? Yeah. Hates me. Hates me a whole lot. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I won't get into why. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's right. It's rightfully so. So if people are like, why don't you have Ryan Hamilton on the show? It's because it, and maybe he doesn't remember at this point, but a good decade ago, I I I made him mad. And rightfully so. He doesn't like me much. Um, but he is a BYU alumnus. He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a comedian who was hit in a crosswalk by a shuttle bus. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, actually, oh, good. It'll give them some new material. (laughs) So there are several people, because he posted on Facebook, he was actually supposed to be doing Salt Lake City as a date this weekend and said, you know what, especially here, I'm so sad that this happened because, you know, he has like seven broken ribs and had to go to the hospital. He can't fly. He has a a punctured, collapsed lung, all of these things, right? Um, But... He says, um, he says, I understand that you may be disappointed, especially regarding Salt Lake City this weekend. I may you've had ta- may you you may have had tickets for nearly two years, and you've made plans that are difficult to change. Sorry, know that this is a huge blow to me. So he's apologizing that he got hit by a bus, but then also something that I thought was sort of funny, if there can be a funny thing in all this. The comedian said that he is unable to fly until he's cleared by his doctors, but that his mother was able to drive to him and take him back home to Idaho. And and for some reason, the idea that, I mean, she's in Idaho, I, I guess. That's where they live now. Uh, and came down to Utah and picked him up and, and then took him back up there. But I don't know. For some reason, the idea of a, a man in his 30s who needed his mom to drive him back to Idaho, it struck me as funny. Yeah, making that call. Hey, Mom, you come pick me up. Are you a thirty and you're rich? Uh. <laughs> uh, other things um, worth noting. Uh, Harry Reid, who uh, now passed away a little over a month ago, if you haven't had the opportunity to um, listen to his uh, funeral, uh, M. Russell Ballard speaks. Uh, Brandon Flowers in our last episode that we did articles of news with, we played a little bit of um, the song that he sang at that. Uh, he is the first Latter-day Saint to lie in state at the United States Capitol. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so lying in state, if you don't know, it's where your you know your body and the casket there lays, and people can come and pay their respects and and be able to you know, see and visit. And it's a, it's an honor to be able to do that. And he is the first Latter-day Saint to do that. Um, speaking of deceased and also Latter-day Saints, uh, the name J.R. Wait, Jones. Wait, I'm still here. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh, J.R. Johansson right. uh, is um, a Vietnam veteran. Um, he suffered a heart attack back in 2013. We've talked about him here before in the cultural hall. He is the gentleman, he's an artist and he has made it now his life's mission to, um, do paintings, drawings, sketches of the various missionaries who have died while they've been serving. And he has, um, done over 125 portraits at this time. Um, he says it's, it's, you know, it's what's allowing him to continue to live. He's 77 years old now, 
and says that the reason why he's still alive is because, well, he's, he's doing these paintings. He says, I feel good most days. The thing is, this thing is keeping me alive, at least physically and spiritually. It certainly has blessed me. And I hope if anyone is listening to this and knows J.R. Johansson can make an introduction, send me an email, contact at theculturalhall.com. I would love to be able to visit with him in a future episode. Um, what other stories do you have, Brother Kyle? Uh, <clears throat> so if you haven't heard, uh, Ukraine is uh, uh, a scary place to be right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, tensions with Russia. So they're moving the missionaries uh, temporarily, reassigning them uh, outside of the country. Uh, and just a precaution, uh, as, as they're also doing in the embassy, uh, so yeah, better get them out of there for a while. And uh, have not said where they go, but will be somewhere in Europe as they spread them out, uh, just for safety, so they're not caught up in a a war between the Ukraine and Russia, uh, because we're not stupid. So. <laughs> Moving them because we're not stupid. It's, yeah. It's, that's a fair summation. Uh, I'm glad that they're being able to be transferred to uh, other places in Europe. Can you imagine if you're serving in the Ukraine and then they're like, hey, we're going to have to get you out of here. And it's like Nampa. You're headed to Nampa, Idaho. You're going to Paris, Texas. Here we go. Hey, I'd take it after the Ukraine. You're serious? Do you get food easy, you know, warmth, shelter? Are you with- The Ukraine is a frightening place. Have you been to the Ukraine, Brother Kyle? No, I've seen pictures. There's one right here I'm looking at. It's a crap hole. <laughs> what are they fighting over? <laughs> exactly. Why does Russia want it? Uh, yeah, I'm glad to know that they are safe. And, and, and I think, I mean... Even just as as recently as, you know, a couple hours ago when I was at the gym watching the TV, like they're like, yeah, probably going to happen. This thing with Ukraine is probably going to boil over. Yeah. So glad that they're going to be out and being safe. You know, speaking on erring on the side of safety, uh, Brother Kyle, uh, BYU now requires proof of vaccination or negative test to attend events. That being like uh, basketball games and, you know, various Uh, activities on the campus of BYU. Uh, The proof of full vaccination went into effect on January 20th. It applies to all events on campus, including athletics, if there are more than 100 attendees. Uh, Kevin J. Worthen, who is the president of BYU, said the safety of our students, faculty, staff, and campus guests remains the top priority. BYU's definition of being fully vaccinated is defined by the CDC guidelines which is an individual can document that at least 14 days have passed since they received the final dose of an FDA-authorized COVID-19 vaccination, which I think is interesting. And there have been some people that have been protesting uh, the fact that BYU did this. And I thought it was a particular piece of irony that people would carry signs at a protest in Provo that said, my body, my choice in this instance, but not in other instances, uh, specifically just in this vaccination. Don't think that I mean my body, my choice in all instances. How ironic. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> uh, what What other stories do you have, Brother Kyle? Uh, so uh, one more here. I've got uh, returning LAS missionaries in the quarantine after bringing COVID to a Pacific nation, uh, despite following health precautions. Uh, so earlier this month, a plane chartered by uh, the church carrying um, former missionaries inadvertently brought the first cluster of COVID to uh, Kiribati. It's an island between Hawaii and Australia. So, uh, you know, I figured, hey, it's spreading the word. I mean, disease uh, <laughs> as missionaries. Sorry. Uh, shortly after the pandemic began, uh, Kiribati closed its borders to even its own citizens. So no one coming or going. Uh, 
But uh, they finally opened up, and we were sending missionaries uh, bringing COVID and the good word, too. But uh, two surprises for the island. Well, and I think just to add into this, I don't think that it's that they were sending that we were sending missionaries to be there. I think it was they were finally able to return home to the island. And so um, those folks and their families happened to be on the plane and they observed all the uh, like quarantining things and and everything that they needed to as far as 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 far as that goes once they tested positive. And but it was literally they opened the borders on, uh, I think, the 20th of January and this plane came in on the 24th. So we made, <laughs> they made it four days. They're uh, like, listen, I th- are we safe? Are we safe now? Are we going to be all right? Four days later, uh, they came in. And some of those elders and sisters, as, as I was reading into that article a little bit, some of those elders and sisters had been gone from home for like three and a half years because they straight up wouldn't let people onto that island, into that country. Yeah. Uh, and, and with a good reason, look at what happens when you do. Uh, The church has urged members of the church to um, make their temple appointments far in advance. Um, So um, because of COVID and because of, you know, the availability that we have uh, making those appointments far in advance, there are some temples here in the state of Utah where you can't get in for at least in in the same month. I couldn't get in until March if I tried to make an appointment at some of the temples right now as we record this in the last week of January. Lot, a lot of people really liking the making appointments rather than the going and then having to wait for the next session or the next session. So I think that you will see, and I don't know why we wouldn't, uh, as a universal change within the church, to to always have temple appointments be sort of the the uh, case, right? You can pull it up. Yeah. It, I mean, if we can do it at restaurants and that's just food, why not for spiritual food, be able to make those reservations and then be able to fulfill them and and go. And if you are fine to wait, you can go and hang out and and wait till the next session opens up. But making the appointments, let's use this tech. We've got it. Speaking of tech, come follow me. The app, it's uh, designed for Latter-day Saint scripture study. Uh, It coincides with the Come Follow Me curriculum. And here's the deal. The Come Follow Me app, it's a free tool. It's intended as a supportive supplemental resource to assist Latter-day Saints in forming a meaningful and long-lasting habit of studying the scriptures each day, especially individuals, families who have struggled in the past, uh, said Evan Fitzpatrick, one of the app's co-founders. says, we're trying to help people to get from zero minutes a day to the uh, to five to ten minutes in the scriptures, and having that be a consistently uplifting and positive experience, one that helps them feel the spirit and get connected to God, as well as connect with their family and facilitate good gospel discu- uh, discussions. There we go. The Come Follow Me app. If you search it, it's available in all the app stores. It is not an official app of the church. It's worth noting there, uh, but a lot of people have said some pretty amazing things about it, and that I hope can be a future episode of the Cultural Hall where we talk a little. Bit bit about, uh, you know, what's the big deal, sort of in, in uh, Seinfeldian voice, what's the big deal with doing this electronically? Worst Seinfeld impression ever. I uh, know I could do the worst. What's the deal with uh, technology? <laughs> You're right. Yours was, was, that? Yours was worse. <laughs> uh, do you know who Nathan Entrekin is? Entrekin? Uh, I don't. Do you know Captain Moroni from Arizona? Oh, yes, I do. If you uh, remember January 6th, the ins- insurrection, the insurgents, the, uh, you know, the big thing at the whatever you want to call it that happened uh, after the election of President Joe Biden. January 6th, Nathan and Trekin decided, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a title liberty and I'm going to head to Washington, D.C. and I'm going to dress up like Moroni while he has pled guilty. Um Although I have to say, in one of the things uh, that he shared from that day, I want to just share a little citation from him that day on the stairs outside of the Capitol. He says, I made it, Mom. I made it to the top. This is from a video. Look, Mom, I made it to the top, to the top here. Look at all the patriots here. Ha ha. If I can make it up that, anybody can. Ha ha. 
Oh, man, look at all the patriots here. <laughs> patriots, patriots, patriots. Look at all the people, Mom. Look at all that down there. And the monuments over there, way over there. I got to catch my breath here. Sorry. Ha ha. It's pled guilty. Hey, look, Ma. I made it. Yeah. Uh, the top 10 changes uh, made by President Nelson uh, while he's been the president of the church. A lot of people, I, I, I think he turns 98. Uh, in his birthday this year. So he obviously would be the first centenarian uh, president of the church, uh, but I believe already is the oldest um, president of the church. Uh, there was an article done by Jan Reese over at the Religion News Service about the top 10 changes that President Russell has made into the church. Care to guess? I know you like a quiz. I know. Lame out. Let's hear uh, one, reversing the 2015 LGBT exclusion policy, that policy that said that the children of um, homosexual or uh, bisexual, etc., parents could not be baptized. That was reversed. That's one of the things that President Nelson has done. Uh, giving women a more active role in ritual life back in 2019, the church changed, it, changed its endowment ceremony to give more authority to women. Number three, moving toward a more diverse international leadership. One of Nelson's very first changes was to call two new apostles who were not white men from U.S. or Europe. Uh, that was a first in LDS history. Um, he, number four, made improvements to the missionary program. He has de-emphasized the old tough-it-out approach to mission life, in which missionaries were only permitted to call home twice a year. Uh, that change um, to having weekly video chats with families, uh, as well as the ability for those that experience anxiety or have other mental health needs to be able to return early. Um, as well, he initiated the shorter service mission for some young people who will continue to live with their families at home. That's number four. Number five, balancing the youth program. At the start of 2020, the church ended its century-long relationship with the Boy Scouts, overhauled its budget, and began giving girls an equal budget in every unit around the world. Number six from President Nelson, two-hour church. Number seven, adapting skillfully to a global pandemic. Uh, talking about uh, how COVID-19 has been taken very seriously uh, by President Nelson and the leaders of, of the church since the very beginning, including closing general conference to the public, promoted the use of masks, encouraged members to get vaccinated, modeled vaccination compliance. He's taken a lot of flack uh, from that, but uh, as Jana writes, that's one of the top 10 things that he's done. He's ended the uh, enforced vulnerability and potential exploitation that have been Bishop's interviews, the longstanding system of youth having to enter a closed office with a middle-aged man to discuss, among other things, their sexual behavior is potentially dangerous and resulted in some terrible cases of abuse and power. Just two months into Nelson's tenure, he changed this policy, so now youth can be accompanied by uh, their parent or another um, adult, uh, replaced ministering or replaced home teaching with uh, ministering uh, and, and uh, removed the kind of checklist approach. And, uh, and Jana goes on to write, uh, it's more relaxed, relational, geared toward fellowship rather than just trying to cram a doctrinal lesson into an awkward social encounter. And then finally, number 10 that she writes, ending the Hill Kimura and other pageants uh, because she says it's starting to get awkward. And if you've been to one of those recently where you have really, really white Anglican people playing, you know, Native Americans and, and other things that you just are like, yeah, this this needs to be done. Let, let's go ahead and let this be done. Uh, I think you said that you don't have any more stories. So let me just blow through some of these real well, quick. I have one more short one. Okay. Maybe I'll do. <clears throat> just because I thought this was interesting. So uh, church, church relief officials are watching closely after an undersea volcano erupted near uh, Tonga. And uh, what I thought was interesting is that Tonga has the highest percentage of Latter-day Saints of any country in the world. And I guess how many or their percentage? It's, it's more than 50%, isn't it? It's sixty-two percent. That I thought was interesting. So, uh, so you know, if this happened to the U.S., they wouldn't care because it's like five percent. I think so, it's like one uh, percent in the United States. 
Yeah, Tonga thinks they do. We care about that. But uh, so just watching, make sure we don't need to send relief there. You can find in the links in uh, the show notes for this episode, if you have been following what's going on in Tonga and you would like to help out, there's a couple of really great links that the uh, church newsroom has provided so that if you want to donate some money or there are even some efforts in the Intermountain West that if you want to um, help out gathering or um, packaging together goods that you'll be able to do so. So check that out in the show notes with this episode. All right, let's blow through the rest of these. I did that one. Did you get a chance, Brother Kyle, to watch uh, David Archuleta in his Instagram video, about a 55-minute long Instagram video? Did you see that at all? I have not yet. I actually have it queued up here to uh, watch sometime today. I'm going to uh, play just a little bit of that, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about it. It's that connection that I had to pretend I could offer to to the girls I was with before that I wasn't really feeling. So, um, I had to block that because in my brain, it was like, no, God would never accept this about me. And I would basically be turning my back on him. I'd be denying the spirit. I'd be denying God by accepting this temptation of being into men. And I just couldn't deal with that. I was just like, you know what? Then I'm just going to block out this idea of God because it makes me so feel so ashamed, which leads you down into that spiral of you're better off not being alive than disappointing God in such a horrible way. So until one day I was, you know, I just was still praying and prayed to God and I said, God, if you're there, please just take this away from me. If it's something I really, if there really is a plan for me, AK, if there's really a plan for me to marry a woman and have a family and be happily ever after, please take this from me. Because this is not what you want. I don't want it. Why do I have this still? Why am I still into guys when I don't want to be? And he, that's, I realized in that moment there's a God, he loves me how I am and that he did want me to s- stick around and be alive and I didn't have to change myself because I wasn't going to be able to. He said, David, you need to stop asking me this because I'm not going to change this. You can see at this point, 30 years into your life, this you've been praying about this for about over half your life. I'm not going to change this and you need to understand why I, I created you the way you're, you are, and you need to understand why. So then that was odd because I thought if God was there, he would, if he was there and did acknowledge me that he would take it away from me, I didn't think he would say, stop asking me this. So I was really taken off guard, I guess. But it gave me a lot of confidence. But then I'm like, but what about, (laughs) what about everything my church has told me about? Like, you know, I don't act on this, you know, gay relationships are bad and all, or wrong, I should say, you know, shouldn't, they interfere with the eternal plan and eternal progression and all that. And I just learned God doesn't see it the same way a lot of people see it. Even a lot of Christians, a lot of religious people who mean well. I mean, I was a religious person who was meaning well, and clearly I I didn't understand why I was this way. So if you don't know who David Archuleta is, that's American Idol's uh, season seven runner-up. He's a member of the church. He uh, served a mission, and the church really kind of took up and allowed him to be able to perform a lot on his mission, um, doing an amazing concert in the, I think, the first holiday season when he's serving a mission down in Chile. Uh, he recently, um, in about a 50, like I say, 55-minute video on Instagram, said, I can no longer pretend like everything's fine. 
One of the religious teachings which is strongly emphasized is that marriage between a man and a woman is everything. It's ordained by God. Um, the artist states that that was his plan all along to marry a woman, and I think he's been engaged two or three times. Oh, really? Uh, unfortunately, he that. says, life isn't always that easy on us. Archelena went on to speak of the feeling of connection and chemistry one experiences during physical and sexual attraction uh, with uh, another, saying that he was never able to provide that in the heterosexual relationships that he's been a part of, despite really wanting to. And um, one of the things that touched me in particular was his sincerity as he expressed these really, really hard um, things. I was talking with someone fairly prominent um, within the uh, LDS community, not like the church leadership community, but someone that everyone would know, but for anonymity's sake, uh, I'll leave their name out of it. And they said, you know, I don't know how someone can watch that particular video from Elder or, or from David Archuleta and not feel like we need to be doing something um, a little different to be able to reach out to those LGBTQ plus um, brothers and sisters who just, you know, they, they want to know that there's a place for them within the church. And, and I think the quick place is for everyone to be like, well, yes, of course there's a place. Just You just can't act on, you know, those feelings and that stuff. And, and I, I mean, it's not, it's not the same, but imagine if someone asked you to be like, hey, Brother Kyle, I know that you love your wife, but we're going to need you to not, you know, physically love your wife for the rest of your life. That would be hard. It would be the same for me if someone had to ask me to do that. That'd be a, a nearly impossible thing to do. Um, completely switching gears, the uh, BYU is now prohibiting any protests up on Y Mountain. If you've heard this and you're like, what's Y Mountain? It's exactly what it sounds like. There is a Y up on the mountain in Provo. Uh, last fall, there was a, um, a protest that was done where they... Um, took flashlights up the mountain, shone them upon the uh, Y on the mountain, and made it look like a rainbow. Um, and uh, the rule was changed uh, quietly last month when the private religious school updated its online demonstration policy to expressly list that the hillside above Provo is off-limits for rallies. Um, in a statement to the Salt Lake uh, Tribune, school spokesperson Carrie Jenkins said that the change was about keeping individuals safe on the steep terrain. That certainly is a concern as well as having people comply with our policies while on university property. Um, and then to kind of go along that, um, the, uh, the Brigham Young University is being investigated by the U.S. Department of Education um, based on their treatment of LGBTQ plus students at BYU. Uh, there's some contention that maybe they're not being treated fairly or equally uh, under um, Title IX. Um, uh, restraints is not the word I'm looking for, but Title IX um, policy. And so there's an investigation into that. It was first surfaced by the Salt Lake Tribune when we shared it. We shared the Salt Lake Tribune article, and a lot of people were like, oh, well, yeah, that rag, that filthy rag, the Salt Lake Tribune. And then the Deseret News picked it up, and they're like, okay, well, maybe there's something that's going on here. Uh, that has not been settled, only announced that there was an investigation going on around it. So uh, more details certainly to come out about that. Um what else to share? Uh, the open house for the uh, Latter-day Saint Temple in Guam uh, is set. It'll be May 4th through um, Saturday, May 14th. Uh, Elder Bednar will be the one to dedicate that temple. Uh, happy birthday to Utah's Dixie. That is St. George. Uh, celebrating 160 years, founded by Latter-day Saint pioneers on the 17th of January, 1862. A lot of people, uh, you know, pretty pretty upset that they took the uh, the name Dixie away from Southern Utah. Um, what with everything that's that's going on in the in the association with Dixie and and anything that would be racially motivated. A lot of people saying, "Hey, no, that doesn't apply here," but. Uh, as they continue to have Dixie uh, taken out of many of the things in southern Utah. Uh, but still, they celebrate that happy 160th birthday. Um, 
I'm not really sure where I want to end, Brother Kyle. Um, is there anything else that you would like to uh, to tell people or share with folks? Uh, no. Um, I was happy to answer questions, but uh, nothing more from me. Well, I have something pretty exciting. Um, if uh, if folks listen to the Cultural Hall, they know that at the end we say, uh, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Oh, and if we, we hope if you're sick or afflicted, you can be willing to I'll listen next week, and which we, uh, <laughs> I always wonder for me. You know? And we also... <laughs> We also say, and we hope that this uh, this episode, uh, or that you can be able to travel home in safety when the time comes. Um, and then I say, um, because of Patreon, which, by the way, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall if you'd like to be a financial supporter of the cultural hall. And it, this takes a lot of time. We'd really encourage you to do that. Um, I always will say the names of those people whom are celestial supporters of the Cultural Hall or people who pay $25 a month to to support the Cultural Hall. So uh, Brother Brent is one. Uh, Rick McGee is another one. Uh, Chocolate Cakes Bites podcast is another one. And also um, Debbie Wanless is another one. And I have long said... Uh, that that we will only do five here. And so someone came forward and said, you know what, I want to pay for the fifth one and I want it to be a tribute to Brother Kyle. Aww. And so I said, well, well, what do you want me to say? And this individual said, well, why don't you ask him what you would like, what he would like to have said uh, at the end of every episode? And quickly, my mind went to all the dark comedic places where you would probably like that to go. So I'll let you sort of pick it. And you obviously aren't going to be on all of the episodes uh, from here on out. But I will I will say in that lineup. Wait, like I'm going to be passed? Well, well, no. I mean. Oh. I mean, eventually. But hopefully not for a really long time. Thanks for making that awkward. <laughs> Uh, but but whatever you tell me to say, I'll throw that in there as the last one before we say, uh, in the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. So whatever it was, is, Brother Kyle. Okay. Didn't I pick one already? I mean, we talked about a lot of ones like I'm not dead yet or second place is the first loser or throw that medal in the trash or I should have believed in miracles or like there's a myriad of, of sort of humorous ones that we came up with, but I don't know that, that, that I felt like you ultimately decided. So I want to give you here live doing this, the opportunity to pick whatever it is that will be said at the end of episodes. Uh, have I this miracles told you so. <laughs> In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row, wheelchair accessible now. Of the Cultural Hall. Recording stopped. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat.